Overcoming anger. What in the world is anger? Well, you already know what anger is. It's, it is being upset about something to a great degree. But more importantly, this is an emotion that in reality, if you look in the Bible, guess who it refers to being angry most of all? God. Talks about the times God is angry. We have examples of God being angry. We have examples of Jesus being angry when he got to the temple and they were doing money changing and and perverting the purpose of the temple. Jesus came in and overturned the temples and ran the money changers out. I believe he was angry. You see, the good purpose, the good intention of anger was to see a wrong and correct it and make it right. It's to promote righteousness and to reject unrighteousness. You might say it's an emotion to get us up and get us moving. Instead of just sitting back and letting unrighteousness, ungodliness go on, then there's the motivation, the emotion to cause us to rise up and do something about it. But Satan and that old flesh nature wants to use that emotion in a different way. He wants to pervert the purpose for that. He wants to get us angry at one another. He wants us to use anger to harm and hurt one another. And what happens is we end up destroying others and ultimately end up destroying ourselves. So it is a, an emotion designed by God, but it must be channeled and controlled by the Spirit, by the Holy Spirit. And I don't have to tell you, we live in an angry world. Would you agree with that? Uh, We have forces going on in our country today that their intention is to cause chaos, more importantly, anarchy. They want chaos and destruction, and they want to rise up and overthrow the government that we have. And those forces are pushing, and unfortunately there are forces in the government itself that are pushing and uh, allowing that to happen. They, They call it a deep state or working beneath the surface, but still it's real, and it's happening. And we face an an uncertain future as a nation. I would say there's a chance. I don't know how big a chance, but there's a chance we might have civil war in our country. I'm just being honest with you. Because of the things that are going on in our world today. Now, as Christians, we need to know how to overcome anger. Because one of the plans of the enemy is to use anger to stir us up to do things that we should not do. To cause us to do things to harm our family and our home. And I, I, find, I find it a little personal for me to be talking to you about anger. And that is because I grew up in a home where my father was an angry man. I don't know if you are one of those people that you grew up in a home where a father, and usually it was a father, sometimes I guess it could be mom, but in my home it was dad. And you know, as a young kid, I, I didn't know why my daddy was so angry. 
You don't know. Seven, eight, nine, ten years old. You don't understand what's going on in your family. But I know that as a young boy, I, I so hated it when my daddy would get angry at my mom. And he, I never saw my daddy strike my mama. Thank God for that. But he threw things. <laughs> and my mama, it, you know, and I know this may not be funny, but it was hilarious later. Uh, my mom is legally blind and deaf, and uh, she could just see she has retinitis pigmentosis, which means you see through a little tiny dime-sized uh, place, so she could hardly see, and, and if dim, light was dim, she can't see hardly at all, so my daddy was so cheap, he wanted her to cut her hair. He cut his hair, yeah, there you go, yeah, and so he didn't want to go down and spend a dollar to get a haircut, so he, she wants him, she, he wants her to cut his hair. And so he's got these barber shares, and she tells him, I'm here, and all the kids are there. And he's saying, honey, you don't want me to cut your hair. I can't do that. I can hardly see. Cut my hair. And so she's in the bathroom, and she's cutting her hair, and she makes a mistake. It's just, you know, and just a big old gash of that uh, hair coming out. And he says, let me see the mirror. Let me see the mirror. He grabs a mirror, sees his hair, gets so angry that he, you know, and he explodes yelling and screaming, and he throws the mirror, and this is what's so funny, he throws the mirror, hits the commode, breaks the commode, water goes everywhere, and now he's up for the next four hours fixing the commode, and my mama said, you'd been a whole lot better to go spend a dollar and get your hair cut. Now you're fixing the commode, you're up all night. I mean, you know, sometimes our anger causes us to do the stupidest thing. And, you know, we say words that you can't retrieve. And the enemy wants you to have actions to harm people that you can't undo. One day my daddy got so mad, and I can't even remember what he was mad at, but he, I, I love to build models. I, I built model cars, model airplanes. I, I loved building models, and one day he got so angry, I don't, can't remember what it was, but he smashed all my models. I was so proud of them, and he just smashed them to a million pieces. And, and later I remember crying about that, and later he came into my room and he said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I, did, I shouldn't have done that. But I can't do anything about it. And he was right. He couldn't do anything about it. And that's the problem with anger. You do things, then that anger rises up. And you can't do anything, you know, you can't undo the damage that you do. And so I want to encourage you today that our weapons through the Word of God are powerful through the pulling down of the stronghold of anger. God has made it so that we do not have to be under the power or the dominion of anger. Because I want to tell you, if you don't let this, if you don't get the control of this and allow the Holy Spirit to work in you and get the fruit of the Spirit working in your life, anger will destroy you, your family, your children, and all those you love. So I want to encourage you today. I don't know who in here has a problem with anger. It's one of those secret sins. It's one of those things that you say, well, I can bottle this up at home. And you come to church and you can look so holy. (laughs) 
You know, you can be so nice and smile at everybody and say hallelujah, but then go home and beat your wife and run and, you know, beat your kids and, and yell and scream and be full of anger and then come back to church the next Sunday morning smiling. It's one of those things that we hide. And so I want to encourage you today, be set free. Break the power of anger. And we're going to look at the Word of God this morning. And I believe the Spirit of the Lord will help us to overcome this beneficial but harmful emotion. If it's a good thing in our life, it causes us to get up and move and make action and to make things that are right. But it's so destructive, so harmful. So, first thing, how to overcome anger. Number one, forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. And the reason is, is because a lot of anger is because of our past failures, our past mistakes. And we can't deal with forgiving ourselves. We can't handle forgiving ourselves. It's amazing. First John 1 John 1.9 tells us powerfully, he says this, he says, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Interesting that he forgives our sin and then cleanses our wickedness. It's like he wants to forgive our sin, but he also wants to clean up the mess that our sins will cause. But here's the thing. We have to take that and not just believe that God forgives us. We have to forgive ourselves. You see, it's an angry person that does not feel forgiven. First of all, being an angry person is a miserable person. What a miserable life. If you go through life an angry person, angry about this, and just like different things will set it off. This will set it off. Somebody cuts you off in traffic. You get angry. They say that. You get angry. This doesn't happen. You get angry. You live a life of anger. You just go from incident to incident in your life that you get angry over. And I want to tell you, you start by learning to forgive yourself. And if God says, and he just said it in 1 John 1, 9, if God says he will forgive you, who are you to not forgive yourself? Who are you to say, hey, God forgives me, but I'm not going to forgive me. And see, this is what the enemy does. The enemy tells us a lie. The enemy tells us because of our sin, because of our failures, because of our past life, we're not worth forgiving. We're not worth loving. We're not worth anybody caring about us. And so, therefore, since I'm not worth caring about, I'm not going to forgive myself. And so they go through life unable to forgive themselves. And you know what? That affects everything. We once counseled with a lady. This was years ago. And she could not have a successful marriage relationship 
She, matter of fact, she had no successful relationship with anyone. And when we talked with her, we said, well, what is the problem? And she said, well, to tell you the truth, I caused an accident years ago. And it caused the death of a loved one, somebody I cared about. And I just can't forgive myself. It had been 25 years. And it was still affecting their life today because they couldn't forgive themselves. You know, God provided for us to have a guilt-free life. But he also knew you would sin. So to mix the two together, if we confess our sin, you can live a guilt-free life. You can believe that God forgives you and you forgive yourself. But if you want to overcome anger, it starts, it starts with forgiving yourself. Because if you have unresolved issues about your past and, oh, I did this and I did that and I I can't believe God would forgive me and I don't don't believe I'm worthy of it and I feel like I'm unclean and I feel like I'm not worth being forgiven And people even feel like they deserve to be unhappy. And I just want to encourage you. God has a plan for your life that's good. His plans for you are good and not evil. He has plans for a future and a hope in your life. God has a good plan for your life. Even when you mess up, God still has a good plan for your life. God wants to work your mistakes into his plan, not because he planned those mistakes, but he wants to use all things for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. When you can't forgive yourself, you're saying, God, I've messed up so bad, you can't fix it. That's what you're saying. You're relaying a lack of faith And his ability to work all things for good. And so forgiving yourself begins the process inwardly to allow you to stop being so angry. The second thing, you have to forgive God. You see a lot of people angry. Not because they can't forgive themselves, because they can't forgive God. In other words, something happened in their life. Something happened in their past. And they just, they they can't forgive God. They can't believe God let it happen. And they're mad at God. They're upset at God. God, why did you let that happen? You know, I do not ever allow the thought of blaming God for something that happened. I I don't let that come into my mind because I know something about God. He is a good God and He loves me and He cares about me. And He only works for my benefit. And if something happened that was bad, I can guarantee you God was not behind it. But He is right there in the middle of it to work it for good. So you can't go there. In your mind, you can't go there. Getting angry at God, mad at God. God, why did you let that happen? Why did you do that? You cannot do that. Look at Psalm 37, verse 23 and 24. I love this. 
Do the, excuse me, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Don't you love it that God is a God of detail? <laughs> Though they stumble, and we do. Though they stumble, they will never fall. They will never fall. For the Lord holds them by the hand. So you get the picture. You stumble, but God has your hand, so you're not going all the way down. But I love it that he is in charge and he is working in details. God loves to get involved in the details of your life. You may think God is not interested in the little things. I can assure you God is interested in the little things in your life. You know, just an example, I know this is kind of, we were talking about this the other day, you know, the work over in in Africa with the Matheny's. And over 30 years ago, Miss Matheny uh, and Brother uh, Clarence Matheny, her husband, they bought that property in Africa. And it's just about, you know, 400 feet wide, and it's long, kind of like our property here. It's not too wide, but it's real long. And they bought that property right there. And now this uh, railroad is coming through and it's going right through the middle of their property. And they're going to receive benefit and uh, recompense, you know, compensation sufficient to not just buy them another beautiful piece of 15 acres that they've located, which is a whole lot better, but plenty of money to build all the buildings again and more. It's amazing. And I, and I think how God was working the details, the details. They came out and they marked out, and, and, the, and the markers where they're going to have the, 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 the post to hold the railway. It's going to be a railway that goes over, but they're just about 20 feet from the border of their property. On both sides. God was working details. Details. And I want to tell you, God was working on the details of your life 50 years ago. (laughs) God was planning your life before you were ever born. It's amazing. Understand that God knows about you. And he loves you and he cares for you. Don't get angry at God. Don't waste your time. Now listen, Satan looks to get you angry at God. It is to Satan's advantage that you be angry at God and blame God. But I want to tell you, it's never good for you to be angry at God. Don't blame God for the things that have happened. But he will work in all situations for good. And just because God wants to use every situation doesn't mean he wanted it to happen. He didn't cause it to happen. But God is so amazing that he will work every detail to his glory and to his honor. So if you want to overcome anger, You've got to forgive God. You've got to let go of even thinking 
blaming God for anything that has happened in the past. Because, again, people who are angry, they're mad at God or they're mad at themselves. I remember dealing with a situation where a young man lost his father when he was young. Well, he was just eight or ten years old, I think. And he lost his father. I can't remember how he died, but I saw that young man grow up. That was an angry young man. And every time I talked to him, he would refer back to being angry at God for letting his daddy die. It affected his whole life. And he was an angry young man. And I want to encourage you. If you want to overcome anger, forgive yourself for your past failures and forgive God. Let go of God. Stop blaming God. He is a good God. And then the third thing I want to say to you, and that is forgive others. So you forgive yourself, you forgive God, but also you've got to forgive others. Lots of forgiveness has to go on if we want to overcome anger. Because really, the two things that affect us, and I'll be talking about the second one in a moment, but two things that affect anger the most is forgiveness. And you've got to forgive others. Now, I know we talked about this a couple of weeks ago in our last series about forgiveness. But what I want to say to you is, well, let me read this verse. It kind of says something about the heart of God. It's in the book of Psalms, chapter 86, and it's verse 1 through 5. Bend down, O Lord, and hear my prayer. Answer me, for I need your help. Protect me, for I'm devoted to you. Save me, for I serve you and I trust you. You are my God. Be merciful to me, O God, for I'm calling on you constantly. Give me happiness, O Lord, and I give myself to you. And here's the key verse, verse 5. O Lord, you are so good, and I love this, so ready to forgive. So full of unfailing love for all who ask for your help. And, and when you look at that in the Hebrew, it's amazing. It uses the idea of God is eager. He is anxiously awaiting the ability and the opportunity to forgive you. Now, let me just ask you a simple question. When people harm you or hurt you or say things about you, are you grudgingly forgiving them or are you excited to forgive them? Are you looking for that opportunity to forgive to extend God's amazing grace to them? Are you anxious and ready, so ready and anxious to forgive them so that you can display God's love to them? Or are you one of those grudging forgivers? Well, I'm going to forgive them, Lord, but I sure don't want to. And if you don't mind, Lord, I'd like you just to get them. A little fire, a little rain, a little hail, you know, just let them have it. But I forgive them, Lord. But I sure wouldn't mind if you'd really let them have it, Lord. You see, God wants us to have a heart like His. He wants us to have a similar heart to Him. So ready 
to forgive. So ready to forgive. Angry people destroy us. You do not want to be that person. And I'm thinking back on one of the verses I wanted to use at the very beginning. It's so powerful. A couple of verses in Proverbs. I want to read these. One was Proverbs 14, 17. It says this, Short-tempered people do foolish things. Short-tempered people do foolish things. It's the very beginning. And schemers are hated. And then Proverbs 22, verse 24 and 25 says, Don't befriend angry people or associated with hot-tempered people. Or you will learn to be like them and endanger your soul. You know, you have to learn not to be one of those people that people want to avoid. Because the Bible is saying, avoid those people. So you're wondering why people are avoiding you? (laughs) Maybe you're one of those angry people that the Bible is warning people about. Be one of those that are so ready to forgive. So ready to forgive. And you know, the problem with that is that sometimes we're afraid that we're going to let people off when they mess up. We're going to let them off. Oh God, if I'm so ready to forgive and they mess up and I'm so anxious to forgive them, they might do it again. Yeah, they might. But that's God's business, not yours. That's his area. That's not ours. Our job is to forgive. Now, we get smart and we learn. (laughs) And we get wise about that. And it doesn't mean you let them run all over us. You know, you have to be wise. But forgive. Release them. And then the last thing, which I'll have to say is probably more important than forgiveness. Although forgiveness is a big issue with being angry. But I'm going to say it like this. Get out of the kingdom of self. Smile at me. What in the world do I mean, get out of the kingdom of self? Well, let's look at the book of Colossians. Chapter 1, verse 11 through 14. We also pray that you'll be strengthened with all of His glorious power so that you will have the endurance and the patience you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to His people who live in the light. Watch this, verse, key verse, verse 13. For He has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness... And transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, Jesus. Verse 14, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. So, verse 13 tells us a transfer has taken place. When you get born again, when you receive Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life, a transfer takes place. In the spiritual realm, you are transferred out of the kingdom of darkness, which is what? The kingdom of self. And you're transferred out of that into the kingdom of God or the kingdom of Jesus. So you go from one kingdom to another kingdom. 
And in that kingdom, Jesus is Lord and you are not Lord. Jesus gets his way. We don't get our way. So, if I am in the spiritual realm, been transferred out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, out of the kingdom of self and into the kingdom of God, if that has happened in the spiritual realm, practically speaking, when you apply that in a practical sense, that means I no longer have the right to get angry when I don't get my way. How many times have we gotten angry because we didn't get our way? Who does that not apply to? Almost every time we get angry, it's because we didn't get our way. Remember when children, they don't get their way and they... And that you don't have to teach a child to want their own way. It's natural to them. They're born sinners. They, they're, we are all born in the kingdom of self, in the kingdom of darkness. We all want our own way, and when we don't get it, wah! And we grow up. And now we don't stick our lip out. Now we stick it in. Same thing. We want our way. So if we're going to overcome anger, we've got to make a decision. Either I'm living in the kingdom of God or I'm living in the kingdom of self. But you can't live in both places at the same time. And you see, when you recognize and accept the fact that we're in the kingdom of God and we're no longer in the kingdom of self, he's transferred us out of there. And we've understood and accepted the fact that we don't get our way. Then that means we have died to the old ways. Romans 6 says this so good. Now, I have to say, Romans 6 repeats this same idea over and over and over and over, almost to the point where he kind of overdid it. But let me just read you a short passage from Romans 6 where he focuses on this. It's Romans 6, and we'll look at just verse 5 through 11. Let's look at that, but that's basically what he's saying. Since we've been united with him in his death, we'll also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful lives were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our life. That sin there, what we're talking about, anger. So that anger would lose its power in our life. We are no longer slaves to anger. I'm just replacing that for the word sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of anger. See, you you can put whatever you're dealing with right in there. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with Him. Where? In the kingdom of God, but not in the kingdom of self. Verse 9, we are sure of this. Because Christ was raised from the dead, He will never die again. Death no longer has any power over Him. When He died, 
He died once to break the power of sin. Now, I just want to say this. When it says, he died once to break the power of sin, he didn't die to break the power of sin in his life because he had no sin. So who did he die to break the power of sin for? Us. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God, so you also should consider yourselves to be dead to anger, the power of anger, and you're alive to God through Jesus Christ. Anger does not have power over us if we've died to our old way and we made him Lord of our life. If we're living in the kingdom of God and not in the kingdom of self, sin, anger, has no power over us. So that tells me something. For me to get angry and lose it, and that's what happens. We get angry, something happens, somebody says something, somebody does something, we don't like it. We don't get our way. We don't agree with what they do. We don't like the way they do it. And we get angry. As a Christian, if you have, if you've made him Lord and you've been transferred by being born again, you have to go against your new nature in Christ to get angry. You understand that? You have to go against your new nature to get angry. How do you feel, if you're a Christian here today, how do you feel after you get angry? Don't you just feel miserable? Now, if, you're, if you say you're a Christian and you get angry and you love it, I question whether you're a Christian. You see, when you're a pig and you fall into the mud puddle, you're going to love it. Why? Because you're a pig. But if you're a lamb and you fall into the mud puddle, oh, I can't wait to get out of there and get that stuff off. See, when you're a Christian and you made Christ the Lord of your life, yeah, we mess up. We fall into the mud. We, 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 we sin. We get angry. But if you do, you should not be comfortable in your sin. So I want to encourage you. Get out of the kingdom of self and recognize you've been transferred into the kingdom of God. I want to read a verse to you. It's in Ephesians. Powerful verse. It's in Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 25, 26, and 27 talks about anger. So, stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we're all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. For anger gives a foothold to who? The devil. 
Satan does his worst work in destroying your marriage, destroying your home, destroying your life while you're angry. How many people have ended up murdering another person and spending the rest of their life in jail or prison because they got angry? And they never allowed the Holy Spirit to help them overcome that anger. And they were always like a firecracker ready to explode. Always ready to let something happen that you would get angry for. And finally it got worse and worse and worse. And you'd yell and you'd scream and you'd do this and you'd do that. Maybe you throw things. Maybe you scream at people. But at some point, because you're giving the devil a foothold, at some point, Satan is going to use your anger to destroy others and ultimately to destroy you. Anger has no place in the life of a Christian. Uncontrolled. You can get angry at sin. Sometimes I get angry when I at myself for you know making lousy choices. But that spurs me to want to do better. Causes me to want to walk in righteousness and reject unrighteousness. I'll say this, because I lived in the home of an angry father. Every once in a while when I do get angry, well, I get flashbacks of my daddy and I repent quick. I asked my wife last night, we were talking about this, and I said, sweetie, you tell me the truth. I'm not an angry person, and I do pretty good on this. She said, that's right, you do. She has rarely ever seen me angry. And one reason is I don't ever want to be like my daddy. I've learned from him. When he got old, he tempered a lot. And I never will forget on his deathbed, right before he died, sat on his bed. And I wanted to talk to him about good things. You know what my daddy wanted to talk about? He wanted to ask me to forgive him for the things that he had done in anger. You know, two days before he died, he talked about my models. He remembered that. (laughs) Please forgive me for that. Please forgive me for that. I said, Dad, I forgive you. And he thought about it for years. Don't be an angry person. Today, you can be set free from anger. This is what I'm going to ask you to do. If anger is an issue in your life, I want to encourage you to believe with me for God to break that anger. There's an interesting verse in 1 Corinthians 15, 46. It says this. It says, first comes the natural and then comes the spiritual. It actually is establishing a principle. First comes the natural thing. Then the response is supernatural. We lay hands on the sick. There's the natural. People are healed. 
principles all through the Bible. First comes the natural, then comes the spiritual. So I'd like to put that into play this morning. First is the natural. Getting up out of your seat and coming down to the front is the natural. And believe with me that God will meet you and your willingness to want to say, yes, I got a problem with this. I I want God's help. So I'm going to ask everybody to stand to their feet. And if you would be willing to come down to the front with me, we're just going to pray. I have a feeling hundreds of people in this room. Problems with anger and has got you in trouble more times than you can remember. But you would be willing to say this morning, I want to get free of this. I want to be set free of this. I want to break the power of anger in my life. I'm tired of being an angry person. And if you're out there and you're saying, you know, if if I get out of my seat, people are going to know I'm not perfect. I have news for you. They already know it. This is no surprise. The Lord already said hundreds of people in this congregation have different levels. And it's brought a lot of harm to you. You know, it's a terrible thing to hurt the people you love, and that's what you end up doing. Today, today you can be free. Doesn't mean you're a terrible person, just means this is an area that the enemy's been successful. And today, I want to believe with you that just by you stepping out, there's the natural, stepping out and coming to the front, saying, Lord, I need some help with this. Sometimes you just fly off the handle. I could say a short-tempered person. So, my encouragement again, forgive yourself, forgive God, forgive others, and get out of the kingdom of self. But also, let's believe God for a miracle this morning. Because there's a spiritual miracle side of this, and that is God to come into our heart and to break that stronghold of anger in our life. So this is what I'm going to ask you to do, just to raise your hands, act of faith. If you're out there, I'm going to ask you to stretch out your hand. Maybe you didn't have the courage to make it down here. It's okay. Believe with us this morning. If you're here at at the front this morning and you've acted in obedience, you stepped out in the natural, I believe God is going to meet you here this morning. That you are going to see a spiritual breakthrough in your mind, your heart, your spirit, and your soul. And that anger is going to lose its hold. And Father, we raise our hands this morning. You know every person in this room. You know where, where they are. You know what they've gone through. And you, Lord, you know the times that anger has gotten better of them. And you know, Lord, times that anger has caused us to hurt and say things we wish we would not have said. But Lord, I pray that today you would break the power of anger in our life. And it would never more rise up. That the power behind that anger would just be broken. And and we would replace that with the fruit of the Spirit. 
love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and meekness and temperance and self-control. Not anger, but Lord, self-control. The fruit of the Spirit would work its way in our heart. Instead of getting impatient, Lord, we would be patient instead of angry. Thank you, Lord. With our hands raised, let's all pray and agree in the name of Jesus. Lord Jesus, I give you this morning this area of anger. I make a choice this morning. I get out of the kingdom of self. I'm in the kingdom of God. I declare the power of anger is broken. In Jesus' name, you will not control us. You will not have dominion over us. Jesus died and rose from the dead and broke the power of sin. You broke the power of anger. In the name of Jesus, I am set free. I will not have this problem, but I will have a temperance, self-control, and patience in the name of Jesus. And when I mess up, you are going to quickly remind me, and I will quickly repent. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Yes, Lord, amen. Yes, Lord, amen. Bless the Lord. Encourage you. Walk out the steps that we've talked about this morning. Forgive yourself. Forgive God. Forgive others. Remember that you're not in the kingdom of self. Amen? Now, I'm about to dismiss you. If there's anybody in here you want to be born again, you, you need Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life, we're going to stay, to here, stay down here to the front just a while. We want to pray with you to be born again. We're going to sing that song, Brother Troy. Let's do it.
why